This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We turn to the Harbor One hotline where we welcome in our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, a 1-800-GET-HAIR, by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com to the Harbor One Hotline. Tom Kern, good afternoon. Are you shooting threes like the Celtics, Tommy? Uh, no, I was hitting them last time I was shooting around. Oh. I, was, I was pretty locked in. What do you make of what went down in the garden last night? I guess the only thing that should be shocking is that it's not shocking at all. That you can go through an entire series, you're really not stunned that they fall behind three to nothing and get outplayed by the AC and Jimmy Butler tears their heart out and shows it to them for three games. And then honestly, you're not surprised at all that they win the next three games in the fashion in which they did on Saturday night. They blow a late game lead, get a stunning tip in. I mean, the tip in is stunning, but what happened leading up to that? And then to see them last night, you know, they could either have won by 30 or lost them the fashion that they did. And you're really not surprised with either outcome from this team. And with the amount of talent they have and the amount of continuity they have for that to still be, a possibility that you can get anything at all from them is maddening. You know, uh, the uh, last week, I think we t- I talked to you about, uh, you know, heat culture versus Patriot way, right? I think it's so similar. And even looking at what Pat Riley has done with that organization over his career, I mean, I, I know Bill gets a lot of credit for being like one of the, you know, the best coaches ever. And then you add in his ability to be a GM and build the team. I think Pat Riley's, if not, you know, the same, but maybe even a little better. Curious on your thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. Because he is a a, a team builder who takes the parts that he's afforded. If he is with um, the Heat, if he is with the Lakers, if he is with the Knicks, whoever he is with, if it's Patrick Ewing, if it's, you know, the players that he has is what he morphs his teams into and he's done it time and time again. You know, you can look at Phil Jackson, and really you can look at Red Auerbach and say, well, they had players like Shaq or Kobe or Michael Jordan or Bill Russell over the course of their careers. And with Pat Riley, yeah, he had Kareem, he had Magic, but right now he's got Jimmy Butler, and he's going to the finals again. He's, you know, had 
Ewing and the people that he did with New York. It's it's fascinating. He's underrated. He's been doing it for going on 50 friggin' years against this Celtics franchise, and that goes underseen too. There is a straight line of culture that Pat Riley bestows that you know goes back to Red Auerbach and that tradition of the 70s where he would have overlapped as a player with Red Auerbach. It's, it's a really interesting line to follow through. I also think, too, Tommy, that if you have the right person, continuity really matters. I know it's so undervalued because it's, this guy stinks, get him out of here, and we're in three- and four-year hiring cycles and just, you know, changing coaches and flipping things as if it were changing socks. And I do think there is something to continuity in sports that never gets discussed on a bigger level. And I think that's one of the hard things the Celtics have to confront right now, honestly. You have a team that is very similar in when you look at it from 30,000 feet to the Patriots in 2022. They had a coaching change. The coaching change likely caused a step back for the Patriots' most important player, Mac Jones. Did the same thing happen with Joe Mazzula and Damon Stoudemire leaving during the season and Nimei Udoka leaving you know, prior to the season? That kind of coaching upheaval. Do you look at the performances of Brown and Tatum and say, you know what, they're top five and top 20. They made worse mistakes sometimes in these playoffs than they did in the last one. But you have the caveat of you have two top 20 players and they didn't get the coaching they needed. So do we run it back or do we do something drastic? Well, I'm curious on that, right? Okay, because – uh, especially with Jalen Brown, this opportunity to sign a five-year, you know, two hundred ninety-five million supermax deal, based on the roster the Celtics have, and comparing, you know, what Bill does, what would Bill do with this situation if he was Brad Stevens? How would he kind of view and how would he kind of maximize, like you know, the the assets that are available based on the contracts and the people involved? I think Jalen Brown probably would have been traded two years ago before he got the bigger contract. Fortunately for the Celtics, his value is still astronomically high after being an all-NBA player. Unfortunately, because of the all-NBA, he's become extremely expensive for the Celtics, and also his shortcomings that we've seen and talked about often, or at least I have, were on full display for everybody to watch last night. He's a brilliant scorer, but he's got limitations, and he's an inconsistent defender. Still, if you can move him, I don't think he's irreplaceable. The hard part is he cares about basketball. (laughs) That would be hard for Bill, right? He cares about basketball. It's important to him. He's still improving. Um, He's a good person of high character. Do you want fewer of those people on your team or not? That's what the problem is. I think you hit it, though. Like I mean, you 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 listen. You you accredited him for being having a lot of great intangibles, things that you know some players don't have. But I think you said it. Like he's not he's irreplaceable. Like you can find a guy similar or maybe multiple guys to make up the production that are still good culture locker room guys that don't have the tag that he has. I feel like Bill would run from that number. I agree. I, I think it's it's too expensive. We we love him, but it's. For him, it's Richard Seymour, Logan Mankin, yeah. Adam Vinatieri, William Malloy. Like, you know, is he really as good 
does he really impact you as positively as a $290 million player should impact your team? Oh, that is a big question. Uh, let's slide to football with our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. And uh, Tommy, on Friday, we find out that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be released. He still has not been released yet. I don't know what in the world is going on. It feels like uh, Hopkins will hit the open market. I know the internet sleuths were, oh, look at what he put on his Instagram. And he was watching, I don't know, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was with the Patriots in there. Your thoughts on any possibility of DeAndre Hopkins even picking up the phone and listening if New England calls? I think the chances would be remote, but at this juncture in his career, I'm sure he'd be happy to find out what all offers are out there. You know, it would be crazy not to. I guess the question for me is, do you guys think that he is a missing piece for the Patriots? Or is I mean, you could always use a player of that ilk, but if he's going to be 15 or $16 million, does he bring you 15 or $16 million worth of different play that are going to take you someplace that the six wideouts they have are not? Is he the one missing piece? Yeah, to me, Tom, like I think it's more of a somebody else will overpay him and try to stack the deck for their team to, to try to take advantage of the window that they perceive is open. Like one of those, and I'm not sure what teams you've heard. The teams I've heard that are kind of in it, Buffalo keeps coming up. It's Um, all the usual suspects. Buffalo, all the the good teams, all the good teams with a good quarterback. The the new one is that Hopkins might be willing to go to Cleveland to go play with Deshaun Watson again. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, can you imagine that, Tommy? DeAndre Hopkins gets his way out of Arizona, right? And he ends up in Cleveland. <laughs> like, what a – it feels like a downgrade, but then again, it's probably an upgrade because at least you have a quarterback that studies in Cleveland, whereas the other one's got to have it written in his contract for him to go home and cry and complain he doesn't have enough help. I digress. It is astonishing, too, isn't it, Gresh, to see the number of situations Patriots alumni wind up in, whether it is, <laughs> you know, Nick Casario with the Texans, whether it is – uh, Monty Austin Fort with Houston, excuse me, with um, Arizona, whether it's Josh in uh, Las Vegas right now. It's, it's staggering the chaos that enters into these organizations or that exists when they get there. Yeah, teams that are looking for new employees are often in somewhat chaos. But these are like treble damage chaos situations these guys walk into. Well, speaking of chaos, and it's not the same level that Deshaun Watson went through, but the Jimmy Garoppolo injury clause is kind of interesting as to the fact that they had one in his contract. The the uh, the Vegas Raiders can, I guess, cut him with no you know financial situation, <laughs> right? And yet he's still on the team and getting surgery again. Like, what do you make of that? And and how do you see it playing out? Well, it's. I would imagine they're still counting on and po- putting their chips on the likelihood Jimmy is going to be their quarterback, and that's their hope. But, you know, they signed Brian Hoyer. I mean, it's he's not built to be your everyday starter. He's a spot starter. And even at that, we saw last year, it, it was difficult for him to, to get through that game and wasn't able to against Green Bay. So the Brady 
ramifications of ownership that we're watching Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk do an excellent job of really keep everybody abreast of where it is. If he wants to be a part owner, owner's not going to let him play. You know, this as Florio has documented, you can go check it out, the myriad reasons that owners wouldn't allow Tom Brady to go ahead and have an ownership stake and still be able to suit up for that team. So that is the, I guess, what's hanging out there is curious to see what happens. But also, you know, I've been told very strongly that Tom Brady is going into the booth. He's preparing to work for Fox. Any notion that he's not is wrongheaded. So forget about playing. I've been told that. So we'll see. The other part of it too, Tom, that I think some people are missing is if Tom Brady free agent in 19, Gurr in 20, goes to Miami and the deal is you're going to sign here as a player and then when you're done, I, the owner, am going to open up the doors of ownership to you to where you can buy in. That's one thing. The NFLPA, to me, would have no issue with that. But if Tom Brady wants to come down either out of the booth or out of ownership, the, to me, the PA is also going to, like, why Why would they ever sign off on anything like that? It kind of feels like the, the, the PA now has some say in this if in the – just rare instance that Brady says, oh, I can do it better. Let me, uh, you know, I don't want to do week five in Seattle. Let me go play in week five for the Raiders. Like, it's not as right. easy as people seem to make it out to be. No, and there's salary cap circumvention. What's he going to do? So oh, I'm going to play for right. the minimum. Okay. And then the other 31 owners are going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just walk down and start playing and pay yourself five bucks. We know if you went someplace else, you'd expect more money. So, no, that's it would be. Uh, a benefit that other teams couldn't have. So that would make it really interesting to, to watch if he gets that approved. Okay, so we're talking to Tom E. Kern on the Harbor One Hotline, and, and I cannot remember, uh, not surprised, that did we talk to you <laughs> since, did we talk to you since the whole Joe Judge, you know, special teams no. extra meeting? Okay, so, okay, so good. How surprised are you that Joe Judge is behind them losing two OTAs and what is it, $50,000? fine that that bill has to pay like break that down for me it's mind-blowing i mean actively costing the team two practices players will get their bonuses for days not there oh, that's um, right oh score so they got two free days yes. these guys because you can Joe bail and you don't oh wait i didn't even think about that they'll send them some pizza oh i love it I mean, fifty thousand dollars is 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 helpful. I would imagine Bill could do something with it. He would probably be, you know, take nine rings out of the thing and and have it flown down to Bimini if he wants to. But you know, if you look at it, he actively, Joe Judge, continues to be on the scene when things aren't working well. Whether it be what we saw reported by Andrew Callahan and Karen Garrigan with the quarterbacks, whether we see the wide receiver group in his final year here. Um, and their performance level, whether we see it with the special teams in the meetings this year, he's actively not helping the team in a concrete way that we're seeing. I mean, maybe he is just a gifted orator, despite what we've seen reported, a gifted orator in these meetings, and they're getting so much more out of it. But I cannot – listen, astounding. Tom, I'm, like, amazed – that this guy still has access and like his his fingerprint or key card still works in that building. 
I'm amazed. Like, w- why? Like, to your point, he, there's no – that's oh, – then put him in an area where he can't hurt you, which is obviously he didn't do. Well, the question that I have for you, Tom, is, is this like Bill taking his eye off the ball? Is this just a guy in Joe Judge doing a dumb thing? Or is this still a part of the brazenness when it comes to some NFL rules that kind of goes on not only in New England but with other organizations? I think it might be just – I don't think it's taking your eye off the ball as much as – well, maybe it is. It's an overestimation of the capabilities of people to do things that they're asked to do, whether it be coaching the offensive line, being the play caller, installing a new offense, um, winning a Super Bowl without a cornerback on the field for whatever reason um, – being okay if you let the greatest player of all time go is continued overestimation of what Bill thinks he himself or his team or his underlings are capable of. So I think it's it's not dereliction of duty on Bill's part as much as it is an overestimation of, yeah, I mean, I gave Joe the email. He knows what, what four hours is. He wouldn't schedule something 20 minutes earlier. I mean, what's the benefit of that? No, we'll, we'll get it right, I'm sure. Lo and behold, you don't. And yet, it's a it's a ticket for going forty six and a forty five on an empty road. Oh, but still, it's still, gotta be maddening. Yeah, part, it's, part of me, I, I kind of love it in a way, if I'm being honest, because you think it's back to the old ways. Well, because I just feel he's such a hard. You say forty six going into forty five. He's just a hardo. I'll do it my way, regardless. I'm like nobody tells me what to do. Ah, all you young guys, let me manipulate you and force you to go to this stupid meeting. In the middle of May. It's just so dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, Tommy, uh, we got to run, friend. We sorry. appreciate you. Thanks a bunch. I know that you'll be All with right. uh, Jones and Mego on Thursday afternoon, and we will catch you next Tuesday, friend. See you guys. Thank you.